Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 148 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. That's one of my favorite things about it. It's also roasted by somebody who's a musician. That's another one of my favorite things about it. It's roasted made to order. That's another one of my favorite things about it. And finally, they'll ship it to your house. It doesn't get a whole lot better than all of those things combined. So uh, if you guys are looking for a new coffee to try out, I would highly suggest Couchtown Coffee. I drink it every morning. And what else is better about it? You can save 20%. All you have to do is go to CouchtownCoffee.com, make an order, and when you do, tell them Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This week, I'm sitting down with Marilee Johnson. I actually met her, um, I think I met her at a show. I was playing at a venue and she was there and uh, kind of befriended her because she was friends with some of other people in my friend group. And recently, she's been trying her hand at, at being a comedian. And we talk a little bit in this episode about the difference between um, being a professional comedian or um, a hobbyist, I guess. And I, I'm going to... I'm going to let you listen to the episode to kind of see where she sits on that one. But we, we do talk about comedy quite a bit in this episode, as well as some other introspective, goofy things. We're kind of all over the map in this one. We talk about everything. And I think that's one of my favorite things about sitting down and talking with people with really good senses of humor. It kind of just lends itself to the conversation going anywhere. And Marilee is definitely somebody that has a good sense of humor. So it's kind of obvious why she is a comedian. So we talked a little bit about um, some of her bits in this one kind of how she formulates jokes what it was like to get on stage for the first time because she hasn't really been doing this too long and uh you know it's i guess i've always been intrigued by comedy especially since the comedy boom of the recent handful of years um but i think it's really fun to sit down and talk to somebody about how like how did you come up with this joke or what do you like to talk about or what's the difference between what you're talking about and what other people talk about or or what's your style or or have you ever tried anything and failed? Or what's what's it like the first time you get up on stage? Or is it is it supportive? Or do people help you? I mean, there's so many questions, I guess, I could ask a comedian. Because I'm not necessarily um, well-versed in it, I guess would be a good way to say it. It's not my bailiwick. It's not my ledger domain. It's just not my thing. And I guess that would, you know, kind of be why I haven't had too many comedians on the podcast. As a matter of fact, I think Mary Lee might be only be the second comedian I've ever had on this podcast. And, and she's kind of new to it still, but I don't think that discredits her abilities. She's a very funny person. Um, but I, I bet there's a little bit of a difference between making your friends laugh in private and then going somewhere and making a whole group of people laugh, but she's on her way. She's doing it. And I, I want to go see her live sometime. I've never seen her live. And I think that's going to be something that I put on my bucket list. Oh, there it is. We talk about bucket lists in this episode too. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't want to preamble too much here. I'll let you guys get into this one. We kind of started off running. I mean, we, we already had conversations going before the podcast even started and so I just kind of clipped it somewhere and said, this is where we're going to start from. So we kind of start halfway in the middle of a conversation. But um, this is episode 148 with Mary Lee Johnson. She's uh, a perspective comedian. She's a comedian. I'm just going to say she's a comedian. She might say she's a hobbyist or she's not a professional. I don't think it matters. I'm not a professional musician and neither is anybody else that I talk to. This is Mary Lee Johnson. She's a comedian. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. 
did it. Do like a black tip. How's that? Oh, okay. they do. I don't gamble, so I don't know. I don't gamble either, but I grew up in Nevada, so. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Nice. I guess I didn't know that. You didn't? No. Uh, we moved to Nevada when I was nine from Waterloo. So you didn't. So you originally from Iowa? Yeah, I'm from. Yeah. Let's start it right now. So you're originally from Iowa, <laughs> and you moved to Nevada. Yeah. How and why? Um, I don't know. My whole family is just the type of people that when we want to do something, we'll go do it. Okay. So my grandparents drove to California to go see their family, mm-hmm. and grandpa drove past like 17 acres of dirt, cheap land in the mountains, mm-hmm. and it was 10 miles out of this town. Grandpa bought it. Like, he came home and was like, guess what? We're all <laughs> moving to Nevada. So we all moved when I was nine. Oh, that's crazy. So everybody lived on that 17 acres of land then? Yeah, they named it after us, like, because we had to pay for the road to go in. Oh, okay. So, because it's all just sand. So in order to put the two houses on the property, we had to build, like, a road. And they were like, we're going to name it after you. Okay. And people think, oh, there's a road named after you. That's really cool. It's less cool if you paid for it. I mean, it's <laughs> not really earned or anything. It's just like, oh. All right. So uh, it's pretty obvious why you're a comedian, then. You've got a good sense of humor. I'm sitting down with Mary Lee, Mary Lee Johnson. I almost said Mary Lee. Um, Mary Lee Johnson, you're a comedian as well as uh, you got a lot of tricks up your sleeve, though. So um, I do want to talk about the comedy stuff, um, but I do also want to know how did you end up coming back to Iowa? Um, well, after high school, because I graduated there. Okay. Um, it's so different there versus here that I was thinking to myself I would go to school. And it's cheaper to live in Iowa. So my mom and dad had gotten a divorce at that point. Mm -hmm. So I went and I moved back to like the Sheffield area with my mom. Okay. And I met my husband. Mm -hmm. And we've been married for 18 years. Nice. I know. Nice. He's probably really sick of me. But um, (laughs) yeah, we've moved back and forth several times. Like we moved back from Nevada three years ago. Okay. And So so you've moved back here. You met your husband. Then you moved. To back. Nevada again. Mm-hmm. And then we came back. Did you go back to the same plot of land you had before? No, actually they sold it and oh. they moved to the other end of town. And I was thinking to myself, because I just visited recently, I was like, dad, let's stop by and steal the road sign. Oh, because it probably still has your name on it. Yeah. Because it's, you know, my maiden name. And I was like, that'd be cool to put on my wall. And my dad is like, yeah, whatever. You're, he's used to me just saying, we're going to go do crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and we go to pass it, and he's like, by the way, um, they misspelled it. <laughs> <sighs> I don't want it then, never uh, mind. Yeah, no. <laughs> why, why would you want it? <laughs> I don't want it, never mind. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, how bad was the misspelling? It's B-E-A-S-L-E-Y, mm-hmm. and they spelled it B-E-E-S-L-Y, or something like that. Okay, and I was okay. like, uh, I don't. That no. <laughs> so at least they didn't like change it from like Beasley and they're like, well, we misspelled it. Like, how'd you spell it? Well, we smelled it Smith. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they didn't just like totally yeah. wreck it. So oh my God. I could see something like that happening. Or like, oh, well, they moved out. Let's change it to something else, you know. Right. No. But no, that's not the way that works, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so you've moved back and forth a handful of times. What's better, Nevada or Iowa? Let's, Iowa. Iowa. I mean, I love Nevada. I do. Mm-hmm. I always tell people you can't really ever take somebody out of the desert they love it the mountains and the smell and the sagebrush and all that it's expensive yeah and you're really far away from people yes like there's 10 towns in the whole state of nevada 
and there's hundreds in the whole state of Iowa. So you can drive four miles and you're in another town and you meet more people and it's friendly and it's just, I, I don't know. It's cheaper. The houses are nicer. Yeah. I mean, there's really not a lot of like bad bugs or spiders I have to watch out for here. That's true. That's true. I've been bit by a rattlesnake. Gross. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I have a scar. It it was horrible. I couldn't even imagine. I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd just be like, well, I got bit by a rattlesnake. Do I just dig a hole and jump in now or what do I do yeah, here? <laughs> you cry like a baby. That's what you do. Um, they They like put their tourniquet on me. Okay. It was really embarrassing. They were like, it was a school trip. And, oh, man. <laughs> and everybody was talking. And I was walking, and uh, I walked past, like, this pile of wood, and nobody could hear it because, you know, how teenage girls are. No, 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 You can't hear it. Yep. And it was my ankle he got. Oh, classic, classic. Mm-hmm. That's always the way it works. So do you have, a, like, a forever fear of snakes now? or? Yeah, they're gross. Like, like. So you didn't like them before then either? I didn't like them before, but after they bit me, they're just shifty. Like, <laughs> like they don't even have legs. They just kind of move like, you know, it's just shifty. Look shifty. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. Mm-mm. Oh, man. So <clears throat> you don't like snakes. That's, uh, I mean, that's something I always like to think about because I've got friends that are like, I hate snakes. And like, um, I'm not really that. I grew up on a farm, so it's just kind of like whatever, you know. But I've also, there's like no rattlesnakes here either. So right. I've, I've never had any like really bad experiences with one. Um, so you don't have any animal that like freaks you out? Um, no, I'd say the closest would be spiders. I like don't like them, but I'm not going to be like, like run away from them or anything. I'm not going to like smash them and stuff. Like if one runs, runs across the floor in here, I'm just like, okay, cool. Spider. I'm like whatever. You know, do you like talk to him? Or are you like, all right, buddy, here's the deal. <laughs> you can live in my room. You can stay in my house. Don't bite me. That's it. Well, as much as I want to say I don't, uh, I do. I, it's not like I have a, like a monologue with them, but... Uh, I knew it. You had like a talk with them, like a like a Joe's apartment type. <laughs> just pretty much just like, all right, well, the spider's here, I guess. If he, uh, if he goes nuts, I'll kill him, you know? Like, yeah. that's pretty much what I think to myself. But it's not like I'm just like, all right, Steve, here's the deal, you know? You should. <laughs> It'd <laughs> do, be hilarious. Do you think they listen? I think they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. So this is a Nevada versus Iowa talk. And I, you know, I've been to Nevada before and I don't think it's like bad at all, but, Mm. but you're right in the fact that like you have to drive a long ways to get from like one town or like even like a very well inhabited city to a next, you You know? Cause like I've been, when I drove through, I remember seeing like towns where it's just like, well, there's 14 houses next to each other. That's a town. It's like, well, do you have a gas station? No. It's like, you know all the roads that are off the main road it's like they're barely paved there's yep. there's no nothing there pretty much you know they're lucky to have indoor plumbing you know? they really are and i'm not saying that like oh they're horrible out there but like i don't i don't know no. like well like in the bigger towns we did get indoor plumbing yeah it's all the rage now uh <laughs> no they the smaller towns though yeah you sneeze and you it's like here in iowa you passed them but at least our small towns usually have a casey's yeah and i mean there's just I don't know. You can't really compare them. I think maybe because I had like different parts of my life in them. Yeah. My teenagers, those formidable, like, I'm going to go raise hell and party in the desert and go for women and that sort of thing. Yeah. But like, as a kid, here we can catch fireflies and yeah. <laughs> go sledding. 
That's true. And like the fun stuff is here to do. And then there's more people. And I honestly, I was out in Nevada for a month. I missed people waving at me when I drove by. Mm-hmm. I started doing it thinking <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to be the change. I'm yeah. going to cause this awesome thing to happen. Yeah. No, people thought I was crazy. People were flipping me off. They did not think that my change was worth having. <laughs> like you're going to like open up the Nevada Sentinel newspaper yeah. in like a week and just be like, all of a sudden everyone in Nevada is waving at each other. Yeah. Like not, not the case. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen, but it, it would have been nice. Yeah. I mean, there's, that is definitely something that's a thing though. Everyone in Iowa, it's not like we all wave to everyone, but like it's very common here, I guess. Like yeah. it's that Iowa nice quote unquote. I mean, it is Iowa nice. I'm using huge air quotes at the camera right now for people not watching the video, but um, it's not also, it's also like not necessarily a real thing where like, I remember hearing somebody once talk about it where they were like, in New York, people will help you, but they're mean about it. And in Iowa, people will be nice to you and not help you was like one thing somebody said. And I mean, like, there's probably a little bit of something to that. Um, but also, um, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. If somebody's going to help me, they always do. Like, they're nice and they're helpful. All right. I can't say my I'll scrap that then. Yeah, that's a bad, <laughs> bad thing. No. I don't. It was a comedian. They had a whole bit about it. I don't remember the bit, so I'm not going to wreck it. And I'm not. I can't t- say who it was. So I always feel bad when I'm like this comedian. One guy said this one thing without like, if especially if it's funny and you're going to steal. A, well, this is actually a very pertinent thing. Yeah. If you're going to like tell another comedian's joke, like it's it's almost like showing another photographer's picture. You have to give them credit because yep. otherwise, there are people are going to be like, you took this picture, and you're like, no, 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 no. It, yeah. You know, Bob took this picture, or whatever. You know, so. Um, Let's let's start talking comedy then. So you come, you come back to Iowa, uh, you do a bunch of stuff. Recently, you started getting into comedy. I know it's like somewhat it recently. It is. Like, uh, last long? six months, seven months? Six months know. ago. Something like that, yeah. It was a bucket list thing. Yeah. I have a bucket list of stuff I just want to do because it sounds fun and would make me happy. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, what kind of stuff have you checked off your bucket list? Um... Really? You want to know? Yeah, sure. Let's hear some of them. Okay. So <laughs> I grew up in the 80s. Okay. Um, I don't know. A lot of people might not remember what Halloween costumes were like in the 80s. Okay. My mom made me wear the same She-Ra plastic mask. And then remember the aprons? Oh, yeah. They were like... And they were like plastic. plastic yeah. But it was thick plastic. It was like PVC almost or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'm She-Ra. Yep. For like eight years. And my mom's like... I don't know why my mom has a Minnesota accent when I like am talking as her, but it does because this is how I hear her in my head. My mom hates this. She's like, Marilee Key, when it wears out, you can get a new Halloween costume. <laughs> she let me pick my own Halloween costume one time. It was terribly embarrassing, the one I went with. Um, but then like, I never got to pick again. What was the one you picked? <sighs> You were hoping I was going to just let it go, but... Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel? No way. I freaking went to Steve Urkel. That's... <laughs> it was horrible. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm not sure... How I did it? Yeah. Um, I put... Like, I wore the same clothes, and I, like, in the suspenders and rolled my pants up, and mm-hmm. I walked around like an idiot going, did I do that? It was horrible. <laughs> like, I don't know what was wrong with me. I was, what, seven or eight, so... Not cool. But because I had chosen something that was so annoying, my mom took away my power of Halloween costume choices. Oh, okay. And I ended up like never again getting to pick and just stuck with She-Ra because 
I'm pretty sure it's still in a landfill somewhere. Just <laughs> yeah. fine. Uh, yeah, definitely. I And that's the thing. Like, I grew up in the early 90s, but I still have, like, weird, vague memories of things from the 80s. I was actually talking to my parents about this the other day. Like, the Domino's Noid. Do you remember that? Yeah. And avoid they, the Noid. Yeah. And they were just like, who's that? And I'm like, how do I know who this is? And you don't. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But also, like, the Noid promotion, like, ended... When I was so young, it's like, I shouldn't actually know who it is. I think it's because they end when we're so young that it sticks with us. That could be. Because we're like, where did he go? I liked it. I was just starting to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a thing. I totally don't like, though, that you were like, when I grew up in the 90s, because now you made yourself seem like you're like 10 years younger than me, but you're not. You're only like two. Yeah. I'm barely, I am barely, barely younger than you for anybody that's wondering. Yeah. And I mean, like when I say I grew up in the 90s, I was born in the 80s. He's lying. My recollection of most things was in is in the early 90s, though. Um, you just have a bad memory, apparently. No, I remember the dumb stuff. I remember, uh, oh, well, we got Big Daddy Ray Ray in here. So if you see somebody walking past the camera, yeah. that's my dad. I might edit it out. Who knows? I might leave it in there. But, uh, yeah, like, I remember some of the goofiest stuff. Like, um, so everybody remembers Ronald McDonald and the Grimace and the Hamburglar and all that nonsense. But does anybody here remember, like, the Burger King Kids Club yeah. characters? Yeah. No. Was, oh, no, because they were kids. They were like, here's a little blonde kid. Here's a little dark haired yeah. kid. Yeah, that's that was weird stuff, though, because they were all just really they could have been anybody. Yeah, for the most part, they didn't really. I mean, everybody had a certain thing about them that what like made them unique. Like uh, one of them was all into like the tech stuff and his name yeah. was like Kid Vid, I think was his name. <gasps> Look at you remembering so, them. Yeah. So like, but oh, man, I can't believe this. Lame. But, no, I like <laughs> like. I don't know the. The Garbage Pail Kids? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that stuff. Yep. That was another one that, like, when I was really young, I remember a bunch of that stuff. And there were, like, stickers, too, they had. And people would put the stickers on things. And I remember that. Cards, the collectible cards. I actually collect toys that I used to play with. <clears throat> oh, nice. Yeah, my mom will be like, here's an antique toy, Marilee. And I'm like, Mom, I, I wasn't alive in the 30s, so <laughs> you can have that. And she's like, you collect the old toys. No, I don't. I collect the old toys I played with. Yeah, that's true. My prized possession, and I literally tell my kids that I love them more than I love them, is I have four of the McDonald's Chicken Nugget Happy Meal toys that have the hat and the belts. Yep. And they're all interchangeable. I have four of them. And I'm like, oh, whoa. yes, I love them. Oh, man. They're the best. Yeah. So, man, let's see. What was another... The Smurfs. I have the Smurfs. Those. Yep. Um, California Reasons. The California. That was the I one I was thinking of. I got some of those. Of. Was yep. it? I have yep. some. Yep. Um, there was a bunch of those. Yeah. I only have three because they're harder to find like old toys. And my mom's like, you're so picky about what toys we bring. And I'm like, mom, if I didn't play with it, I don't want it. That's, she cannot get it. She can't grasp that, that notion. Yeah. That is a big thing though nowadays where people are like, I mean, obviously toy collecting, but people are going back and getting like the retro toys I never yeah. got to have or whatever. Um, other people are going like forward with it where they're like, uh, this is the new era of the toys that I played with in the past. So I'm going to collect all the new ones, Yeah. which I mean, I did a little bit of that for a while. Um, did you? yeah, I mean like I grew up with pro wrestling and I like pro wrestling and I had some pro wrestling action figures, but I was just like, I'm buying all the new ones. Right. And so I started doing a bunch of that and I actually, I might end up selling them. I don't know. I 
people are just like, keep them in boxes and save them forever. And it's like, you keep them in a box and save them forever. Like, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> I think you should decorate your bedroom with them. And then when you bring like a girl home next time, she's going to be so weirded out. She's be like, this guy's crazy. I thought you were going to be like, she'll be so impressed. She won't be impressed at all. <laughs> like, like they will they'll cock block you. You're no. not going to get laid. I'm sorry. But, but I'll laugh the first time you call me and tell me it happened. <laughs> I don't need any help in any of those departments. Oh, I think I'm already awkward enough. <laughs> it just already happens that way. <laughs> Oh man! So the comedy thing, six, yeah. like six months ago, you started bucket list thing. I did. It was a bucket list. Oh, by the way, I didn't get to tell you like the thing I did do. Okay. I got this year. I checked it off. I wanted to be Barf from Spaceballs for Halloween. Oh, okay. So I did it. So we're coming full circle on yeah. the Halloween costumes yeah. here. Yeah, that was why we got on that subject. What if you um, dressed up like Shira again? <sighs> I don't know that I got the body for it anymore. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I could be Shira that's had a couple of kids, you know. Maybe her hair's still in rollers. What if you pulled it into, like, a modern-day Shira? Ooh, I don't know what that would look like, but I'd be told, I'll try it. You know, it's... I would perform that way. She's got, like, messy hair and a cup of coffee, and she's, yeah. wearing, she's wearing, like, a robe, like a bathrobe, mm-hmm. and she's just like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired of this crap. Yeah, I would just hire my Pegasus to, like, take my kids to school <laughs> while I drink my coffee on the porch. We need to save the world. It's like, no, just one more cup of coffee, please. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I'm tired of this crap. I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. So how did you end up getting, like, I've had one comedian on the podcast before, like, one person that was, like, a dedicated comedian, mm-hmm. and I... It seems like nowadays it would be easier to find somewhere to kind of start out to be a comedian. But I would imagine like pre-social media, it would be like almost impossible to find one. Or even if you go back like five years or so, because obviously comedy's blown up in the last handful of years. But I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to um, know a couple of the wolf dogs that are in Mason City Mm -hmm. and two hilarious, funny, nice guys. The running joke is like people like myself have gone to them and they'll coach us and they're so incredibly welcoming. Mm-hmm. I keep hitting this. That's I'm fine. Not used to it, so. oh, that's cool. But I'm used to like, uh, like they're, they'll give you advice that works. That doesn't suck. And <laughs> they're like, they'll tell you when you suck, but they tell you nicely. Oh, that's, you that's, know, that's a thing. Um, there are a lot of nuances that I didn't know about and you don't always like I try to realize them before they happen so I don't step on their toes because it's their show, it's their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, you, there's so much to learn that you don't even know to ask. Oh. So I don't know that you could ever stop learning how yeah. to do it. And yeah, there's so many open mics now though. So what are some of these like nuances that you had to figure out? Oh man. Um, the first time I ever got heckled, like in my head, I was ready. He didn't heckle me. He was just talking to me. Like it was a, person in the audience being a jerk and like mm-hmm. he was drunk and like his thing was he liked to just repeat the last line you had said because drunk people think they're hilarious but I mean I know I do if I'm drunk but <laughs> he wasn't and and it was like it'll take you out of of what you're doing because you're performing you're you're standing there because you want those people to laugh mm-hmm. you know and when the guy does that by the way nobody should ever do that yeah. Like, I don't care if you're going to heckle me. You have to be as funny. Like, if we're going to make people laugh, heckle me. I don't care. I can take it. But he was just being just goofy and kind of dumb. So I said, like, oh, did you want to come up here and tell these jokes? And I was, like, thinking of, like, 15 really not nice zingers in my head. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I was about to like lay some on him and I went, no, this isn't my show. What if like, I didn't know if it was allowed. Yeah. So I held back. And mm-hmm. then after the show, I asked him about it and they were laughing at me and they're like, go. Yeah. Like if somebody's needs, you know, to kind of like stop what they're doing, yep. it's your show. It's your time. You run it. Yeah. I can see where you might have like that weird qualm with yourself where you're just like, do I say something? Cause it might derail the whole show. And then whoever comes on after me has to like group the audience back together mm-hmm. and be like, all right, we're getting back on this train and we're going. Yeah. Um, but I'm also kind of like you in the fact where like, if somebody's trying to like, even just in public trying to be like zingy or not, and they're not being nice about it. Like I'm instantly, I go like 10 steps past the line that you're supposed to yeah. not cross. And I hate that I do that, but I, for some reason, that's just how my brain is wired. Mine too. And like, I'm not going to say any of them on here. Maybe we'll talk about it afterwards <clears throat> if we remember, but yeah. like mine are insane and I'm not good about it. And I, so that's why like when people are starting to do things like that, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just like in real life, I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I, I have a mean streak. Like I found out that I could mean girl. And, and I always think that we're all supposed to grow and we're all supposed to get better. And when I was younger, I felt like a mean girl. I wasn't very nice to people. So when I tell comedy now, I don't pick on anyone. Like, I don't need to. I don't need to make anybody feel bad. If I do pick, it's like they're in on the joke. Okay, yeah. You know, I, the- I tell a lot of stories about my dumb older daughter. She's <laughs> not dumb. She's just blonde. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um- I, I see what you're saying, though. They, they, you almost, when you zing somebody back, they have to be in on the joke. They can't just be like the butt end of a joke. Yeah, because you, you just made them feel bad. Yeah, you can't just be like, ah, shut up, your nose is big or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, well, that's just mean, you know? Right. Like, But, um, gosh, I mean, I guess if somebody was like heckling you about your body, then it's like, well, turn back around and heckle them about theirs, you know? Yeah. And then you might be able to say something like, God, you wake up to the smell of coffee in Brazil or something. You yeah. might be like funny-ish as opposed yeah. to just being like, hey, Pinocchio or whatever, you know, like whatever. Most of the time, just calling them out on it stops them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen the wolf dogs have to do it a handful of time. Positively, most audiences are awesome. Even at just an open mic, everybody's just there to listen and have fun. And if somebody is like hollering out something, it's probably because they're a regular. Mm -hmm. They've seen us and they're joking back with us. Yeah. Great. Do that too, because participation is fun. Yeah. I mean, comedy is one of those weird things too, because some of it is like, monologue only where you just have to sit and listen and laugh but mm-hmm. some of it is also like there's a little bit of interjection involved from the crowd and then some of it is literally just crowd work altogether. where you're like you 100 percent of what you're doing is just based only on what the crowd has to offer almost literally and like i said like they're there to laugh yeah we're there to tell jokes and make them laugh and they're there to laugh so another nuance that i just thought of for you was uh I had at the Brit Bar and Grill, mm-hmm. uh, every other Tuesday is open mic night there. And then every third Thursday is Laredo's and Mason City has open mic. So this Thursday, there's one. Nice. Um, I'm let's, standing up. Let's see here. This Thursday is in tomorrow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's tomorrow. So uh, when this comes out, it's tonight. It's tonight, tomorrow. So yes. um, no, I had all these jokes because I like to, I don't tell the same jokes over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like ready to poke me in the eye because they're like, Marilee, you have to get your reps in with those jokes so that you know you can tell them backwards and forwards. Mine is a little bit different. Theirs is like more like um, stuff that they notice or funny stuff like that. Mine is literally crap that happens to me mm-hmm. because I have five kids and they're 
weird as shit and I have like this weird life I live and they're honest true stories I don't need I know it it happened to me I can tell it backwards and forwards so when it starts to get kind of raw I just like pick a subject and start writing down any observation I can make those are the ones I gotta remember yep one night I did one and it was like all about like pimple popping you don't like that I not not a fan sorry (laughs) I literally will lay down at night and like just pop it on YouTube and just kind of pop it on YouTube. That pop drip. it yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, you like go. that, didn't yeah, you? Okay. And, and watch it and like doze <laughs> off with my phone dead when I wake up because I watched YouTube zits all night. Um, so I'm telling these jokes and this lady is starting to gag. Oh, no. <laughs> like she's green and she's oop, like that. Like, oop. and I'm going, oh, crap. Didn't know. Nuance. I was yep. like, all right, I'm just going to hurry up. And I, I like skip some jokes and all this stuff, you know, just to hurry up and get it done with. It was still a funny set. Didn't suck. But as I'm walking back to my seat afterward and everybody's clapping and and they're so supportive of you. Like I'm unhappy with my set because I didn't get to do it the way I wanted, Mm -hmm. but people still laughed and liked it. So I still sat down feeling pretty decent about myself. As I walked past the woman, her husband reached out and grabbed my hand and he goes, I'm so sorry. She's a gagger. She has been all of her life. We've been married. And he's like, tell me like 40 years we've been married. And she's a gagger. She's a gagger. Everybody's looking at us. And I just like, I'm quippy. And I said, I shook his hand and I said, I'm so sorry, sir, that you had to put up with a wife that gags like that <laughs> for all these years. God bless you. <laughs> Everybody just ended up laughing at him. And he was laughing and she was laughing. But then I found out it afterward because they were like, what happened there? You know, because, like, as a comedian, they can tell. They know me well enough that they're like, why'd you pull back? And I was like, I didn't know. And they go, make them barf or make them laugh. And I was like, oh, okay, good to know now. So, so barf equals laughter. Barf is okay. <laughs> yeah. You want a reaction. All right. What if I make them cry? Well. It's not quite the same thing. I'm not going to think it's funny. No. So. <laughs> it was pretty fun, though. Like, uh, I was, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, like, there's a, you know, we were talking about different styles of comedy, but there is also, like, storyteller based on your life you can embellish certain things or like really drive certain scenarios home to make people laugh based on something because like you said like uh you said quote unquote i have like a a dumb daughter or whatever but she's just blonde you know but you Mm -hmm. could you could amplify the situation and make it even funnier if you wanted to um i honestly i i don't amplify it it's (laughs) people think i do and it's not (laughs) <laughs> I, and then I'm like, I know I dropped her. And then I usually go in and tell people, I'm like, uh, that soft spot on their head. I used to just baby wear her and I would just kind of like push on it and squish it in a little bit so I could ash in it. <laughs> Apparently that messed her up, <laughs> you know, which is not true at all. There's no. my embellishment. But yes. like the stories I'm telling people that she did, they're really dumb. Yeah. And do you want one? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, go. I, mean, I don't want you to like burn material on here, but if you want. Oh to no, tell, I don't care. Yeah, okay. I, if you want to tell one, go for it. Okay, so, all right, which one? Do I, okay, I know this one, and it's all about imagery. Okay. Right, because like you got to put the person there so they can feel it. Yes. And I have like three that I absolutely love with her, but I'm going to tell you like just one that's my favorite. We were. Um, which one do I want to do? Okay, have you ever been to a? Uh, what is it? Um, Civil War reenactment? I have not, but I know people that have been in them, actually. Right. So, so in the town we lived in, in Nevada, it's Fallon, right? My daughter is in fifth grade. I'm 
I have, uh, she has two little sisters that are two years and then two years younger. And I'm pregnant with our son, Thor. Big pregnant. This comes to town and it's like the fair. So you know everybody in town is there. And they're all sitting on the benches. Like we're all just sitting there. So this Civil War reenactment like traveled to your town? Yeah. Oh, it's huge in Nevada. Civil War stuff. Didn't even take place in Nevada. I know. Right? (laughs) I was like, wow. And then they'll do it in Virginia City. And they're like, if you want to see camel races, just go here. But if you want to see the Civil War, go there. And I'm like, there were no camels in the Civil War, but they're just like walking past your field. Okay. (laughs) It's very strange. But so anyway, it was like there one night. And um, they're intense. Like they go all out. Everybody is in their costumes. Um, they're, they got like blood packets when they fall down on the ground, they're dead. They're not moving. Um, like they got stuff sticking out of them. They got cannons going off. And so the smoke is going at the end, everybody is like shot so much that they make it very like mysterious and just somber. Everybody's dead. And you see the smoke just start to fall. Right. And everybody's quiet in the whole town because you don't know what like I I bet it was all of our first time we didn't know what to do do you clap like good job you died great I don't know what to do I don't know like you got to take the moment in to this day I still don't know how I would handle it probably wrong my daughter Amity goes man I hate the British (laughs) and she yells it and everybody in town looked at the stupid lady with the stupid kid and I scooched over so she didn't have me sit it next to her I was like it was horrible like why would you do stuff like that you know she just yeah no idea and I was like Andy there, there were no British it was north no, and south no. North America <laughs> no Andy that's not revolutionary war mm-hmm. sorry yeah but stuff like that happens all the time <laughs> oh man I gosh I just <laughs> I'm like just sitting here taking the whole thing. I'm sorry. Nope. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. So I get what you're saying. It's uh, um, the whole thing is almost like painfully awkwardly funny. I guess mm-hmm. like. <laughs> and when there's like a group of everybody in the room, like just listening to it, they're like thinking I'm gonna. They don't realize I'm gonna go to. I hate the British. Yeah. No, I didn't. Because I, it's as no. shocking to them as it was to me at that moment. Yeah. And all I could think to do was like, I gotta get away from this kid so people don't know she's mine. Well, I thought she was gonna be like, Long live the Confederacy or right? something. You know, like no, like, she didn't. Not, not even close. She just, yeah. Oh my god. She gosh. always does stuff like that because she's just not thinking something through. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's like watching a football game and being like, man, the Yankees are horrible this year, and it's like it's not even close to the right. same thing. Yeah. You know? like, I hear I said Yankees and they're whatever. And it yeah. goes back to the Civil War, but that's weird. But anyway. <laughs> I, I was picking up what you were laying down. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, that's so nuts. So how did you figure out, like, so what, what were some of the first jokes you told? Like, how did you figure out, like, how to even start with this? Because, I mean, before the podcast, I had talked to you, like, I've got these bare bones ideas, but they're, like, they're funny scenarios, but mm-hmm. maybe not jokes. Yeah. You know, so, like, how, would, how do you figure out how to, like, I'm not going to say, like, tell a joke. I'm sure some of it, ha- you have to be at least somewhat of a good storyteller. And I'm not going to rip on anyone, but we all know somebody that's a horrible story- storyteller. And you have to just sit there painfully and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And then you're just like waiting for it to end. And then when you think it's going to end, it just keeps going. And then you're just like, oh my God, just, just end this story or whatever, you know? But how do you figure out like how to even tell a joke, I guess, of that sense? Um, or to tell a story and make it funny so that other people laugh? 
or was it just something where you're like kind of already a good storyteller to an extent so you go I guess from I there? was kind of a good storyteller I I get along with everybody mm-hmm. and the way I probably make friends is because I just tell people funny stuff to make them laugh okay or I want to tell them something that's going to make them like stop and go wait what did you just say you know <laughs> so I I started doing it already and uh the night I just went to check it off my bucket list I didn't think I was going to be good at it mm-hmm. I was fine I was like I'm gonna burn I'm fine I can do this because then I can be like yeah I did it and there's your sense of pride who cares if you did great or not mm-hmm. you did it and I got up there and I literally just complained about things as a girl that bothered me like uh I was talking about oh when people go and put like sexy lingerie around or something like that and then they have shoes on in their bed and how it makes my mind explode. Oh. Because <laughs> if you put your shoes in my bed, <laughs> I will probably murder you. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Like, the whole, like, sexiness and then, like, what is or isn't sexy. Yeah. I, I could punch holes in that all day long. Cause some stuff like that's sexy doesn't seem like it should be. Mm-hmm. And other stuff you're like, why do people like this? Like you said, shoes in a bed. Like, it would just drive me insane. Like, right. I, like, I'm not one that's just like, don't eat cookies in the bed. But if I, like, lay on a bed with my shoes on, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I have to hang them off the side because I'm going to get things dirty. Exactly. You know? So then, like, I'm, I'm, I kind of went Sam Kinison at first, I guess, where oh. I'm, like, yelling about how it makes me mad. And that's what, ow, ow! Yeah. And then, I mean, it didn't, but I, I laughed and I was like, oh, my God. What? Why would you even do that? Like, everything you stepped on in your bed is now a germ under your butt, you know? That's true. And nothing is, like, worse than waking up the next morning because you had wild sex and took off all your clothes but not your shoes, but now gravel is, like, stuck to your cheeks on your face <laughs> and your, you know, and your butt. And you're just like, ugh. And I'm like, cavemen put their dirty feet in their beds. And that's what separates us is what you're willing to have sex on. Yeah. That's us and the cavemen. Come on. So, like, I just was, like, standing there yelling it, and everybody's just laughing, probably because they didn't like shoes in their bed either. Oh, I wouldn't They were good it. with it. I mean, so. can you imagine just, like, well, I got these nice K-Swiss. Let's wear them. They're sexy. It's like, yeah, but you stepped in dog poop with those right. last week. You don't know if you did or not. Yeah, and you didn't clean them off, you know? It's not like you scrubbed them down. Here. Yeah. I told, I'm totally picking this up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Man, there's, I feel like there's a bunch of things, I guess, as a female, you could probably just, like just punch holes in society over the way things are like, why do women have the biggest phones in the smallest pockets? You know, like, yeah, it's like they're walking around with like an iPad and then they got to try and stuff it into a pocket that you can't even put like a crumpled up dollar bill into. I usually put my phone in my bra if I don't have like pockets on, but then like I have this whole thing that I've been, I was working this out as like material too. Like it's, it's what is your shame? So you got your phone and you got it like, this way because you're not going to flip it out so people can see who's calling you, right? All right, yeah. Okay, so now it's been there for however long. And then when you go to take it out, you're like, oh my God, is that my face on there? Like, <laughs> like why is my chest shedding skin? You know, because there's always something or a smudge or something. And if it's summer, you were probably sweaty. And then you got like little things on there. Yeah. It's crap. I will also have to say that like uh, as far as, oh, there we go. As far as what, like, it comes down to people with phones. If you're going to take a picture, uh, if nobody was watching the video, she wiped her phone off, wipe your camera off, too. Like, that's, yeah. like, one thing that just blows my mind when people are just like, check out this video from this concert on Snapchat, and it's just, like, all foggy and stuff, and you're like, come on. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. That just bugs me so much, but... Um, 
That's I don't know. Uh, do you ever like take things that just like other than just like that? Like that would be a scenario like something that just bugs me for like no reason. Have you ever tried to like take something like that and turn it into a joke too? Like yeah, just, so. I, I. That's the the funniest stuff is like why does it make you mad? Like anything that just irritates you, to pick it down to its basis level, it's gonna be ridiculous. So just think of something that bothers you. Like anything. What is your pet peeve? Uh, you know what? Let's go back to the camera thing. Cause it's okay. like, like who cares even one tiny iota of somebody's Snapchat video that's 10 seconds long of like some random local band or something. It's right. like slightly blurry. You know, it's like, it's not like the audio is that good anyways. Right. And it's see? not like I'm going to try and like save this thing forever and catalog it forever, you know? And, I will go see my friend's bands yep. because I want to see them. I might watch like a quick one. When I see somebody that's like, hey, I recorded your whole show. I'm not even going to try because it's going to be two hours long while you played. It's just going to sound like there's a whole time. You know, yep. <laughs> Somebody's going to be talking next to them and you're going to like, what was she saying? That drunk lady, Karen? Oh, my God. The kid, that kid just fell down over there. Yeah. But you're trying to watch your friend. It's moving around and oh, you're just yeah. like. I'm getting motion sickness and I'm going to barf. Or you can literally pick out what their fingerprint looks like because their camera's dirty because they put their finger in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a million things you could do and then you just say them funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess that, that really does make sense because I guess if you think about it in general, generally speaking, like, if you find anything that, like, aggravates us and you break it down to, like, the basic, most yeah. core thing, it's like, this is stupid. Why am I getting mad about this? Literally. Which I think is, I'm going to harken back to something you said, like, Growing up, you were quote unquote mean girl, and I was kind of like a mean guy. Were you? But now, I mean, I wouldn't want to say I was like mean, but I definitely, there would be a lot of people that would say, yes, you were very mean. So I'm just going to go with it and say, yes, I was mean. I was not nice to everybody. But now, as like an adult, I'm like, find all these things that like angered me. I'm just like, it'd be so stupid to get angry about this because I have no control over it. Yeah. And there's no reason to get mad about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so. That's how you teach your teenagers, though. Like, because you could think of it yourself, and then you're like, okay, everybody remembers the nice kid. Be the nice kid. Yeah. So I think my daughters better be nice with the yeah. kids. That's not wood at all. That's but not wood, I, I'm pretending. Shh, don't tell me that. Uh, I, there the, is wood under okay, there. Okay, great. Then I'm fine. Yeah, Why see, are you correcting I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. It's, it did squeak quite a bit. That's it my did. least favorite thing about this. Like, every time I move to do anything on this desk, it's just like squeak, 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 squeak. And it just... Well, and you're on the wrong side, because you're usually over here. Yeah, I am, yeah. but it's... You're such a gentleman. You always give the girls the good seat oh, and the good... You're going to call it headphones. out. Yeah, I'm going to call it out. Call it out on the podcast. You said you were waiting for it. Yeah, did it. somebody did it, it and it was you. Oh, man. I like to be special. Well, if anybody hasn't watched the videos, yes, I do I do give the nice chair to the ladies when they come over, because I'm trying to be a gentleman. Whoa, look out. But don't tell anyone. I got a reputation to uphold. That's you know? right, you mean guy. I'm such a meanie. <laughs> so the wolf dogs, how'd you end up running into them? Um, they worked at a brewery that, uh, ah. they, they did a show at a brewery I was working at. And nice. again, I pick up friends everywhere. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I love them. Um, again, I, I like to do weird things that just make me happy. Okay. People will look at me like you are going to be one of them in our friendship and be like, what are you doing, Marilee? Why would you do that? It's just stupid. Stop it. Made me giggle. I don't care. <laughs> that was the purpose. So they have a, um, their stand, like their, their seat that they take with. They never use it. Okay. I mean, maybe Justin has one joke he uses it for, but that stool. Oh yeah. You gotta have, like you the you classic have the, comedian stool. Yep. You gotta have the stool. They let people sign it. I was like, I want to sign it. And they're like, okay, great. 
I flipped it upside down on the bottom of the seat. And they're like, yeah, here's Sharpies. We don't care. And they're over here like just schmoozing people at the end of the show, which is the most fun. Mm -hmm. Because you get to hear that people actually liked what you did. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, if if you sat down and thought I screwed up, I flopped. They're about to come tell you you didn't. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. So they're not paying attention to me. As I draw the biggest dick and balls. (laughs) And then my name, I mean, veiny, hairy monstrosity on the bottom of their chair. And they like, I just handed it back to them. I was like, here, I signed it. Thanks. And their eyes, like when they, like, here's just this girl. They don't know that just drew a big, big wiener. (laughs) Wiener. Big one on the bottom of their chair. And I was like. Dude, wiener is such a funny. I don't know why it is so funny to me. Just say wiener. Wiener is a good word. It is so funny. And I, like I said, I don't know why. Um, I always refer to all penises as wieners. Do you really? It always. Because it's just like, it makes everything hilarious. To me, at least. (laughs) Um, But also, like, I I get that some people are probably listening to this like, ah, it's vulgar talking about drawing dicks on stuff or whatever. But, like, also there's, like, some sort of, like, sophomoric humor involved in that. That also makes it extra funny. Yeah. I'm a big kid. And actually, when I kind of say that that's my signature thing, it's gotten me in trouble before. (laughs) Drawing wieners. Like... I think of that movie super bad and the kid was like, oh my gosh, I had a lunchbox and it was just full of dicks. And I'm like, oh, that's me. I have whatever that disease is <laughs> that made him compelled to draw wieners on stuff because like, I will always just write it down. If somebody's going to get up and sing karaoke, I'll be like, I'll take your note up for you and then I'll draw a wiener on it and make it look like they wanted to sing, you know, landslide wiener because i'm an asshole and it made me giggle and then i went and handed it up and then i'm watching like the person that's like running the karaoke look at the person like what what did you put on this yeah why would you put that on? yeah Yeah, they do i think that's probably like the thing about it is it's just so like shocking and like it's it's almost vulgar but not you know i don't look like a wiener drawer either (laughs) no you don't i don't look like somebody that does that but um when when we lived in nevada last time so a few years ago um I started a community center because we had a lot of kids that just lower class, not low class, like, yeah, like, but, um, financially, all right, not a lot of money. So, um, the movie theater in town was historic. They had an old vaudeville stage and then underneath was the cow, like you could go underneath and, and that was the stage to change and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the lighting and all that because the screen was just built onto the back of the stage. Yep. And then they had an apartment upstairs. I went to the board and I was like, let me raise money and we'll revamp this and we'll have classes. And they were like, how can you do that? How can you get people to do it for free? I don't know how I got it done, but I did. I raised like $5,000. I was in there every day, every night with my friends painting the place and carpeting it. And we gave out dance classes. Some like it was based on a sliding scale charge, you know, Mm -hmm. so everybody could go and learn a talent. Mm -hmm. I taught the drama classes. I was not qualified. But I taught all the improv stuff. I was just going to say, like, uh, did you have any drama experience prior to that? I um, actually did one year in Mr. Perrazzo's class, and that was it. Like That's more than I got. Yeah? yeah. But I loved it. I should have. Yeah. Like, I should have went into it. But um, So I taught that, and then I had another lady that did, like, dance classes. And uh, I had people that would come in and say they would teach music. We had a writing class, all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we're painting, and we have the ugliest brown refrigerator. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was gross. You know what I'm talking about? Those '80s refrigerators. Yeah. Um, the '70s and '80s, there was only a small handful of colors they seemed to put on all appliances. And they all came out of babies' asses too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the color was bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the Harvest Gold just looks yeah. like the it's- grossest. Oh my, yeah, okay. That's yeah. what gold I want. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically this color, right? And my girlfriend's like, we're just going to go buy some uh, chrome spray paint. Look, that fridge will look brand new. So she does. Okay, fine. Well, I mean, it still looked like an old refrigerator, but it was obviously a prettier color. Mm-hmm. I'm good. She comes up like two days later and it's dry. And she has the stick on the the... It was like a chalkboard, but you could stick it on the side. Okay. And it was a huge amount of it. So she cut it and she put it all on just one side of the refrigerator. And she was like, look, we can write each other notes. Cool. The next day, nobody else is in there but me. And I found chalk. And I drew the most impressive wiener. (laughs) I was waiting for it. It was as tall as I was. (laughs) It was like the top to the bottom. Um, It was excited. It was veiny. uh, Very curly hairs. Very like, curly. Like <laughs> the pork and the beans. <laughs> I finished up whatever I was doing and then I left. The next day, my friend opens up because we got a class coming in. The first class. The very first class ever. The very first class with all these parents and their little kids. <laughs> <sighs> Nevada is very hot and dry and it caused the chalkboard sticky to fall off the refrigerator and everything I had drawn attached to it, the paint. Oh, no. So here was a brown giant wiener. Oh, because it peeled off the chrome it paint. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. And was in a puddle, like a heap. And she's like, I can't get it to stick anymore. She's freaking out. She's like, we got to cover it. There's a giant wiener on here. And she's just <laughs> freaking out. And I'm like, <laughs> don't let anybody in the kitchen at all just don't let them in the kitchen that's it's hilarious it'll be fine oh my gosh yeah it gets me in trouble <laughs> and so i'm assuming this uh i mean y- you obviously have a good sense of humor i'm assuming that's what the wolf dogs kind of yeah. saw in you so yeah. do, do they like take you under their wing and be like yeah. hey come up here and try and do a little comedy bit with us or like yeah. well, how did it go they the first time i did it um they were like merely like, I hadn't even left yet. They go, we're going to do a show in your neck of the woods. Do you want to go? Do you want to perform? I was like, I just got my first show. Yeah. And then from there, it was really easy. They were like, hey, we got an opening. Do you want to come do it? So I got to start to, like, travel. Mm-hmm. We went to the brewery in Atlantic, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you guys are assholes. I thought we were going to Atlantic City. Next <laughs> time, don't just tell me, you want to go to Atlantic with us? I thought this was going to be a better show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it actually was was a beautiful brewery. And I was kind of feeling like nervous because I'm going, these are not people that I want to tell dick jokes to. Yeah. Like they look too fancy. And they're like, ah, Mary Lee, the fancy ones want to hear the dick jokes. Believe it or not. Yeah. I I've, didn't know that. I've heard that like the more dressed up people are almost the more they want to hear something that you wouldn't think yeah. they would want to hear. Because like, I was opening for them. And... Like, Jake got up, and he, like, warmed him up. And Jake has the best dirty jokes. And so, I mean, Justin does, too. But, like, it's awful when you tour with somebody, and then stuff happens at your house, and you're laughing hysterically because I'm imagining their joke. Like, it goes to it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they're really good with each other. I've seen them, like, hey, you know your joke that does this? Why don't you add this on at the end and try it out tonight? They're really good about it. They're not like, it's my joke. You have to do this. Mm -hmm. You know? 
And then if they do that, like they gave it to them and they've, they've even done it with me and I've, it's harder for me to do cause it's not in my story. Mm-hmm. So it's not like something I'd naturally say and I forget sometimes, but like they'll try it out and see if it worked or not. Yeah. It's, it's just cool. Like that camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm trying to like think of like some of the parallels that between like music and comedy. Cause there definitely are some, like when you don't think you had a good show and then afterwards people are like, Hey, you did great. And you know, you just want to be like, yeah, I messed all this stuff up. And it's like, well, they didn't know. Yeah. You know, but They've no clue. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably the same with comedy. It's like, well, this joke, I forgot to add this in there. And it's like, they don't know that. Mm-mm. They don't know that anymore than the man on the moon. So, yeah. but you know, I guess like music, there's not really so, there's not really too much. You can be like, Hey, try this out next time. I guess maybe like in a studio when you're like trying to make a song, like people might be like hey try this out or try that out so there's a little bit of that but do you think in comedy people are more apt to do things like that like try and help each other out or or to like give each other little bits of taglines or things like that they could toss on there i do actually i know quite a few of them now um and it's because i didn't realize how welcoming our community it was Mm -hmm. i have probably hundreds of people on my facebook now that are all really good talented comedians and whenever they're in a show near me i go because yeah. I want to see them and I want to support them. And like my friends that are musicians, I go to the shows I can go to. That's, that's very that's true. what you do. You just, you're there for your people. Yep. You know, if they got merch, I'm going to wear it. Yep. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to wear it. Yes. People who ask their friends for discounts on their merch are assholes. Oh my gosh. They're assholes. Look at me. I'm looking right at you saying <laughs> it. They're assholes. Don't do that. Like yeah. be a friend and support them. And don't ask to get on the guest list. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of that stuff. Like the least you could do is... Uh, honestly, the very, very least you could do would be to like like a page, and, and yeah. people don't even do that. But like, yeah. the next very least thing you could do would be to shell out five or ten dollars to go see somebody, yeah, and support him, yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, having said that, I've I've definitely when I was younger I was always like, put me on the guest list. I'm getting into the show, and then because I mean, like, yeah, I was a kid or whatever, and I wasn't I was mean kid, but yeah. but now I kind of like I get where everyone was coming from and. Um, I don't, I don't play too many shows where there's covers anyways. So, but now we're not entitled little shits (laughs) and we totally were. Uh, yes. Okay. Very much so. That's Um, part of growing up. Yeah. Oh man. I could probably sit down and and do a whole podcast based on like the mistakes I made in in my younger years and how I'm like (gasps) spending the entirety of my adulthood trying to correct them. But I really think you should. Oh my gosh. I will talk like Dr. Phil to you for the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Let's just all lay on the couch. How does it make you feel? <laughs> you remind me of a shoe that ain't got no shoe strings. <laughs> Where did that even come from? That, he said that once to somebody. Did he yeah. remembered it. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of like actual Dr. Phil quotes where you're just like, this guy should be a comedian. Cause like what he's saying is like so outlandish. Um, there's also like, uh, there's a meme about him that's just like it's something about like I don't I don't remember what the whole thing is, but it's like when he said something like you remind me of a Hasidic uh, anteater with a snoot full of bees or something, and it was just like <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? It gave you a picture though, made you kind of giggle. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like on a meme somewhere, and they like extrapolated it out into this long-winded joke, and it's funny, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Doctor Phil's insane. But, but yeah, I forgot where we were going with this. But um, you were so, telling me about all the mistakes you made. As I've a made child. a lot. There's not enough time in this podcast oh, to man. to finish talking about all that <laughs> stuff. So you befriend the wolf dogs. How did you end up um, realizing? 
like were they encouraging enough where you're just like oh i i think i might be good at this or were you making people laugh enough where you thought you're like i might be good at this or like because i always feel like, like that's a weird one where like with music you're just like i gotta get on stage and then you're just, you kind of just leave and you're like i suck you know and that's yeah. just the end of it i gotta go home and work harder and practice more but like you can't really like sit at home in front of a mirror and just be like oh airplane food am i right you know yeah. people you can't just like do that all day long it like i feel like with comedy you have to be in the room in front of people to get you do. to get better um so like i hate trying to time something okay. because yep. you gotta sit down and time it and i don't know how long a pause i need because one joke at one place will get more laughs than another mm-hmm. you don't know so i'm like ballpark guys ballpark like i'm new i I just yell that every time i like go to a new thing and there's new people there and i'm like i'm new if i screwed up i'm sorry i'm new you know like you can let me know what i'm supposed to do but i didn't know that Mm -hmm. and uh the time things freaks it freaks me out like there's another uh podcast in texas the kill tony yep oh yes yes you get a golden ticket i think i'm gonna put that on my bucket list too dude kill tony Uh, for people that don't know kill tony tony hinchcliffe freaking hilarious. freaking hilarious and there's people that have gotten up on kill tony that ended up becoming actual big name comedians yeah uh they've given out golden tickets and they have seven of them and a iowa comedian is one of the guys that has it oh yeah his name's alamine super nice guy um he actually got into um i don't know like darnell rollins you yep. know who that is yep they kind of butted heads oh. and he schooled him. <laughs> oh and gosh. then I was watching another podcast like two days later that, uh, oh, what's his name? The Fear Factor guy. Um, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yep. I know that name, but he was like talking about it on another podcast and somebody said, oh, Alamine didn't know that Donnell Rollins was going to be there. And Joe Rogan stops him and he goes, no, 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 no. Donnell Rollins didn't know Alamine was going to be there. <laughs> He's a legend killer. And I was like, I... Like, just that experience, and I'd be like, I'm done. I'm out. Because yep. you can't get, like, there's no better to go. No. I mean, for him, there is, because he's like, no, I want to do shows, and I want to do this. Awesome. They should. But I don't know. Like, I just like doing stuff just because it's fun. But yep. when I got up there, I was prepared to just suck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to have fun anyway. People liked having fun. I was having fun, so they had fun. And then they asked me if I wanted to come back like before the show ended. And I was like, yeah. And then more shows, more shows. They were super duper encouraging. Like they really gave me a lot of tips and encouragement. Encouragement's really the main one mm-hmm. because they don't just go merely that joke is crap. Yeah. They're like, try saying, try telling it a different way. Yep. Try a different take on it. Or you can tell when a joke lands flat. Yep. I don't need them to tell me. Yeah. And they would tell me in the nicest way, but you can kind of figure out where, what caused it to fall flat though, yeah, too, where it's just you, like, everyone was with me until I said this yeah. and then it derailed. So I need to take this yes. chunk and reword it or delete it altogether or and something. You, you cannot do that when you're, unless you're telling the jokes in front of people. So when they tell me, Marilyn, you got to get the reps, that's what they're talking about. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just the type of person that I'm like, I do not have the attention span to run the same jokes for months a month you know i have to, i have to break it up yeah um that was like the downfall of the 80s comedians was they like oh i found a, a 30 minute set that worked and i did it for 15 years mm-hmm. you know and then when it came time to write something new i hadn't written anything in 15 years so yeah. i had to start and then they just kind of fell off the map or they became local celebrities i guess yeah. would be the 80s comedian people ended up doing that yeah i write every day 
I write funny stuff that happens down, jokes, ideas, weird stuff that happens to me. I write it down. I have a little school box, like a, <laughs> like a pencil case box, yep. and it's got like my note cards, and they're all color-coded with my highlighters, and I'm like, <laughs> this material is great. It's done. Like, it's ready. So those are jokes that, like, I just try and break out every once in a while just to keep them in my head, you know, like the order of them. And then I have ones that I'm like, oh, I'm going to try these, mm-hmm. you know, and then I have ones that I'm like, do not do these again. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like orange. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever tell that joke again, Marilee. That was bad. Uh-huh. You know, so, okay. But they don't do that. They do it differently. And then uh, Jake Paulson and Jake Paulson. No, it's Justin Paulson and Jake Peterson. Jake Peterson used to work with, uh, I think it was Bob from the Bob and Tom show or something. Okay. And he was telling me one time how that guy like would go over his notes before every show. And I'm like, really? Because he sounded so organic, like just any Bob and Tom show. He doesn't. He doesn't sound like he's reading that. No. Or like he has it like memorized, like that cadence. It's very natural. I don't think I could do that. God, what is it? There was one guy that was like on the Bob and Tom show when he was younger, like in the 90s. And now he's back on there and he does exactly like you said, like monologue yeah. style jokes that he wrote down. But it was. I can't remember his name either. It's like. But he's on sporadically. Is yes. it that guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, his, I know his last name's Zany. Like uh, Tom Zany. Bob. Is that him? Uh, and, I think that's him. But it's, I think but that's he's, the guy. But he's not like Bob and Tom. Yeah, he's guy. somebody else. Yeah. It's like Zany or something. Yeah. And um, oh my god, uh, an evening at the Improv. Do you remember that TV show? Yeah. Okay, so I was I went through and found. I think they're on Amazon Prime or something. So I started watching a bunch of them, and he like stole the show one time. Like he's so funny. And I'm not. I don't mean to derail this, but. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did like a tiny bit of crowd work. I remember he had like the giant, like huge suit jacket with the big shoulders. He's smoking a cigar. His yeah. hair is just all over the place. And I, I think that's probably my favorite thing about comedies. It's so open ended. Like mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of comedy shows. I would say I don't know what the right term. Dryly, I didn't know who was yeah. going to be there. I didn't know just what fun. it's going to be like. And and it was hilarious. And I mean, some people like. We were talking, they do crowd work and it's funny. Other mm-hmm. people, it's just only jokes and yeah. it's funny. Some people are like two minute one liner type things, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, those are funny too. Yeah. And I think some of it just comes down to like, if you're going in accepting, like you said, the crowd is there to laugh mm-hmm. and it almost doesn't matter what you do. You're going to laugh at it. And I feel like that's another giant parallel between music and comedy is the fact that like, if the crowd is having a good time, the comedian's having a good time and they feed off one another. Yep. Same thing with music. Or if you go to a show and everyone's sitting on their hands and no one's paying attention and you're just in the corner of the room with an acoustic guitar, yeah, you're kind of just like, all right, that was that was another song, sweet. And then you just go to the next one and nobody claps and that's just the end of it, you yeah. know. And it's like, I up? always clap for people whenever I'm, <laughs> whenever somebody's performing something. I don't care if they just grab like a guitar off the wall and do it. I clap so that they know because I don't know. I I'm an includer. Yeah. Like, you're all right, man. Good for you. <laughs> you did good. You done yeah, good. Like, oh my gosh. Even if it was bad. Have you ever, and I, I mean, don't call any places out, but have you ever been to somewhere where like literally non-receptive crowd or like nobody did anything to, not just you, but to everyone? Because I mean, like I've been to shows where there's multiple bands on the bill and the crowd was just non-receptive to like anything that was going on. They were like, we yes. came here to drink and we're not here to listen to music, you know? And- I think that happens a lot more with comedy shows because music is playing in the background anyway. You know what I mean? That's true. When you when I worked at the brewery, we always had music going. So fine, if there was like a musician up, they at least would have the courtesy of people like listening to them or if they were talking, they would be quieter. But 
but more respectful. Yeah. I have seen some shows where people come in and they don't know that they're comedians. There wouldn't be comedians already. And they will talk over you. I've actually heard that. Okay, so I'm assuming you, like I, listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's how I got into podcasts. Um, all comedy. That's, like, 98% of what I listen to is comedy stuff. It's just funny to me to laugh. I like it. Yeah. But they always talk about that, how, like, we went to some of these first shows, and it's like, we did a show, and it was at a laundromat. And mm-hmm. there's, like, never sign up for it. Nobody ever told anyone that we were going to be there, and we just show up. and it, Or it's like, we're at an Asian restaurant where not even the waiters or anybody speaks English. Yeah. And for some reason, we have to go up there and do comedy in English. And everyone's there just like, I'm here to eat food, dude. Right. Like, you know, and you're talking to people that don't speak English half, you know, like 90% yeah. of them or whatever. And it's like, how do you get roped into stuff like that? Or why does comedy always seem to be an attractor to things like that or is that the tragedy version of the comedy you know I like guess it is the tragedy part like i'm to the point now where i giggle and i can make it funny now like i will do because i like weird crowd work mm-hmm. i'm still kind of figuring it out and what i like about it and when i don't um i'm not as natural as the guys are oh, at yeah. like crowd work i have to work at it but um if somebody's just trying to sit there and have like a romantic dinner and they didn't know we were going to be there i'll comment on it i'll be like hey see you take your wife out it's real nice of you you're gonna put out for him later (laughs) like stuff like that like i guess it's kind of picking on him a little bit but it's like funny normal stuff i'm not like making fun of them yeah but you know and then I might like refer back to it throughout my jokes in the night. Like whenever I'm saying something, I might be the like, call- don't wear your goddamn shoes in the bed. The callback. Yeah. I love it. I didn't even know what that was. And they kept saying callback. And I was like, nobody's calling me. What are you talking about? Um, if you can do a, a double callback, that's like the trifecta. Is it? Like to the same joke? To the same joke. So you so you like pull back on it once and everyone laughs. Mm-hmm. And if you wait like another 10 minutes and pull back on it again. It's nobody sees it coming a third time. They don't. They will never see it coming a third time. All right. Challenge accepted. You have to come to an open mic. Now I'm going to do one. All right. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do three. And I don't know where I know some of this stuff from, but it's like some of it, it's like, uh, what is it? Okay. This is, I don't think this is the right term. Was it Occam's razor? Like if somebody presents a gun in one scene, you have to utilize it in the next scene. That's like a drama thing. Um, again, when I say I was that's not Occam's not razor. a good drama teacher. It's because I have no idea what I was doing. Somebody call in if you know. No, yeah. I'm kidding. This isn't live. Um, and if you know my number, don't call me ever. <laughs> no, but there is something to that. I, it, some of it has something to do with uh, like doing. I've, I've well, I think some comes back to like comedy podcasts, but with like writing TV shows, that's like yeah. the big thing. If you do a callback to a joke, you try and pull it back a third time to make it extra funny. <sighs> But if you do them like one, two, three right after each other, yeah, it wouldn't not, be funny. Not funny. I get it. Yeah, I um, I'm the type of person now though that like when they start to tell me words that are like, like when I learned that it was called a bit, mm-hmm. I used that in every sentence I had because <laughs> I was like, so I got this new hilarious bit. It's really funny, you guys. <laughs> Call my dad. Dad, dad. Yeah. Um, I'm just hanging out working on my bit. Like I need to continually use it because that's how I remember what it is. Mm-hmm. My husband's sick of it. He's like, <laughs> stop. Just no. And I can't even think of like all the other like comedy terms that they've taught me now. I won't know that what they're throwing at me sometimes is a comedy term mm-hmm. until like 
I probably should have picked it up like 10 times before. <laughs> I'm really in that. I'm just like my daughter, the blonde one. Okay. And so right. they're looking at it going, Oh, there's a family resemblance, you know, but yeah, I, it's so strange to see like the differences, but it's nice to see that there are the, the good things are there. Like yeah. the good similarities, like you guys have a great, wonderful like group of musicians in this area that's true you guys are nice to each other yes you share stuff you share gigs you if you're booked you're gonna tell that that bar owner somebody else's name yep you're not freaking out about it you're not like oh no the pie is only this big that's i always tell people there's enough pie for everyone to get a slice there's that's literally almost what like they say comedy or like we want everybody to do it and they make the funnest stuff like they played a backyard Ooh. while I was gone. And I was like, oh, that was probably the only, sh- like I wanted in that show. Yeah. That would have been the only show I probably would have asked to been on all month. Cause they did other bigger shows and like high profile. But I was like, man, you were in somebody's backyard. That sounds like fun. And then like they did a picture of it and uh, they were like, this guy tells us whenever a car's coming. And then I'm like imagining in my head, like playing street hockey on a cul-de-sac and <laughs> car. And then everybody's got to stop and pick up their stuff and move it. Yep. I was like, Oh my God, that would have been so much fun to do. Like with your microphone and yep. they got like their backdrop and stuff. It's cool. Like I like seeing that stuff. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, and that comes back to like doing a private party gig as a musician. Like they're not always the greatest, but they're sometimes the greatest, yeah. you know? So like you end up with this weird thing where it's like, I used to not like doing them, and now the more I've done, the more I like doing them. I think because, I I don't want to say people are more receptive to it, but doing private parties, I mean, sometimes it feels like you're just there and people are doing other stuff. But but sometimes that's enjoyable, too, because you can, like, call people out and be like, hey, I need your attention for just a second. What about this? And then all of a sudden, like, one person gets kind of, like, drug into the show, and they don't know they're in the show yet or whatever, you know? Man, I, th- I think there probably are a lot of similarities between comedy and, and music. I, I mean, obviously there will because it's, they're all performance-based type things. Yeah. But um, another thing, uh, so I at one point in time was like, I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to like weasel myself into some sort of comedy. Um, I mean, obviously you listen to all the comedy podcasts, you're like, I could do this. And that's what everybody thinks. And it's not easy. Obviously, it's, it's very not easy. Um, but... I, I got in all these groups online with like Minnesota and uh, surrounding state comedians and things like that. And I had a hard time telling because they all just give each other so much crap, but yeah. they're nice about it yeah. that I, I thought that all these people hated each other for a long time. And I was just like, why do they have these groups with like 150 people in them and everyone's just mean to each other? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, they're all just joking the yeah. whole time. It's jokes. They're comedians. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, is there a lot of that uh, like people giving each other crap in the comedy world. And do you think any of it is veiled humor? Like, do you think people are actually like being mean and trying to hide it behind the guise of comedy? Actually like G U I S S E guys of comedy guys. I like how you had to tell me that. Oh, Cause I'm, you're such a grammar Nazi. <laughs> I kind of am. Yeah. No, there's no kind of, you are a grammar Nazi. <laughs> I correct my own spelling and everyone else's yes, and are. punctuation and the usage of there and there and there and two and two and two. And, and then you were like worried that guys, cause it could have been 
males. spelled different yeah. ways. And then you were like, I have to let everybody know. So like, look, yeah. this is the way I meant it. Yes. You could have just let that go, man. I don't think any... See, you could have let it go. I should have let it go. Because that comes back to like, that is me, my meanness as a, a young person coming out as an adult, I think, honestly, where I'm just like, people aren't going to understand. And it's like, they will understand. Yeah. Just let it go. It's all good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just flipping crap. Oh my God. In I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight. I, I bet you are. I'm like, poor thing. No, I, I grew up, like, my whole family is the way that if we don't make fun of you, we don't like you. Huh. If I like you, I'm polite to you. And I'm cordial. I will mess with you all day. In fact, my best tips when I worked at a, as a bartender was people I picked on and made fun of. In a fun way. Like, it was mean, but it was like they were laughing hysterically at the dumb stuff I was saying. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's, you know, it's fine because I'm not actually trying to hurt their feelings yeah. and they're okay with it. I wouldn't do it if somebody wasn't okay with it. All right. So in the guys I've seen, I can honestly tell you, I have not seen any of those guys, the wolf dogs. Um, what is Skylar's last name? Bulks. Okay. He was kind of our big headliner at the North Iowa Comedy Fest. I did that this year. Nice. I know that was my first big show, and I was so nervous. And I got up, and I nailed it. Cool. I couldn't believe I nailed it. And when I got off, I was like, oh, I want to do that a million more times. Yeah. And they all understood it. They were like, yeah, yeah. How's your adrenaline, Marilee? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's the best. And that's probably how I got the bug. But, like, they want us all to be funny because – when one unfunny comedian goes up, even if it's somebody you don't like, it sucks the air I out of the room. I need you to be funny because if I go after him, you just made my job that much harder. Yeah. And yeah. fortunately, like people are hilarious that if you just have the confidence to get up there and just like put that little bit out there about yourself, the comedians that they hang out with and the ones that I've met just around, they're the nicest people in the world. They're just up there to tell you something hilarious. And, and to be nervous about it, like, I, now I look at anybody that, like, goes to an open mic night, and they're all, like, new ones are just kind of like, oh, my God, I'm going to try and tell this. And they're freaking out, and they're shaking, and their voice is cracking. Mine was, too. Good for you, because literally everybody just has a point of view, and we just want to laugh at it. Yeah. So we have one guy that's, like, super-duper nerdy. Super nerdy. I don't understand half of what he's saying. But every time he makes a joke about not getting laid, I get that for him. <laughs> totally understand why he doesn't get laid. And then yeah. I laugh because I'm like, yeah, you don't. I, I've i seen a few comedians that are local. Um, sometimes I would go to like whatever, the, the Des Moines Funny Bone, and they have local yeah. openers. That's usually something they'll try to pull. Like one person from in the state, a lot of comedians like to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, let somebody local open. And then it's like, well, I'm going to go see this person I saw that was local, go do a show somewhere else. And they have others locals with them because they're not going to like fly somebody into headline for them. They're now the headliner, you know. Yeah. So um, I I do remember seeing somebody that um, joked about like never getting laid and stuff. And then like halfway into the thing, he's like, "Worst part about all this is I'm married." And it was just like, <laughs> was, "Yeah." And, like, and all the other married guys in the crowd were like, "We're not either, man." Yeah, <laughs> it was so we're funny. Married. I mean, I think there's a lot of people undersell. I used to think people undersold musicians that are local. Nowadays, I don't think that's so much a thing. And nowadays, I think people need to quit underselling the comedians that are local. Because the last comedian I had on here um, is from, like, the Quad Cities area. His name's Chris Schlichting. Mm -hmm. And he was really funny. And I've seen him a few times, and the people I've seen him with were all funny as well. And it's just like, 
there's something here to this underground comedy scene yeah. that is I, I think in Iowa it's undersold. I think people don't go to enough comedy shows, and I should probably attend more because I've only attended a small handful. But you totally should. I should honestly be the change you want to see, my friend. <laughs> I uh, I need to get to some. I think it, you know, it's one of those things where there probably should just be more of it. But at the same time, like there's comedy shows around that I didn't even know existed, like Brit having yeah, open uh, mic night. It's relatively new. That was actually where I uh, popped my comedy cherry. There you go. Yeah, I wanted to say that all day. I don't even know. I, I didn't think I was going to get to it. It's on record. It's on there. I popped my comedy cherry at the Brit Bar and Grill. Thank you, Eric Cox. The bar owner had them come to, to entertain them. He liked it so much. He was like, I want to try it. So the owner goes around with them now of the Brit Bar and Grill. Hmm. And he's just, he's hilarious too. And I love him because he and I have especially this whole banter back and forth mm-hmm. where we can talk shit to each other, but he's very nice and sweet. And he always wears hilarious t-shirts. Okay. I love him. Like he's, he's just got really, really curly Afro-y um, hair. He's just this, this short little guy and he'll tease me about something. And if I don't have anything immediately, I'm like, curly headed asshole. Knock mm-hmm. it off. You know, he's like, Ugh. Amazon broad or whatever, you know, like <laughs> pick on each other. Um, it was fun to hear that he came about it the same way I did. Yeah. I want to try it once. So you do. It was neat. Yeah. I mean, try it once. I, you know, and that's the thing I always tell you in the, the comedy podcast you listen to. If you want to do it, go to an open mic night, realize you're going to suck the first time mm-hmm. and then just keep going. I don't think anybody sucks the first time, though. I think there's probably something to that in certain places. Because, I mean, like, if you're like, I want to be a Los Angeles comedian. Well, so does thousands of other people. And then you get people that are, like, going to those open mics where they're just trying to burn out three minutes of material and they're out of material after 30 seconds, you know. And yeah. There's like, oh, man, what else do I talk about? Jeez. <sighs> you know? You know? Do you guys, like, so is it the same way for mus- musicians? We we are like just clamoring for stage time to tell our jokes, to work out our material. Cause obviously that's the only way to practice. We can't go in a garage and practice. That's true. We could, but nobody's going to laugh because we're alone. Yes. If there's laughter and you're practicing alone, something is not right. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Check your security, something like, yeah. I don't know. Or go see a doctor yeah. and get some medication. Well, I mean, if yeah. it's in your head, then that's okay because you'll always take your crowd with you. Okay. All I right. I can live with it. I can okay. rock with it. You got to nice. look at it from the other side. Yep. There's always a silver lining to there every cloud. There it is. No, uh, but you know, like we're just clamoring and, and they're really good at, okay guys, there's 10 comedians here tonight. Try and keep it around this this amount and then they're super nice that i'm like okay please don't make me keep track of time and then, then jake will be like i'll signal you mm-hmm. like like when it's like wrap it up you got a minute or so okay thanks you know and they're not like you have 60 seconds because that's what i thought it was gonna be yep. when they were like yeah you get time limits i was like oh my god are you gonna like buzzer me or is like a whammy gonna come get, out get the actual hook and yes. pull you off the side of the stage i kind of it? actually would like to have that done to me once oh, man, that man. would be fun to put on the bucket list were those ever actually a real thing? Or was that just something in cartoons where they were just no, like, like a vaudeville Whoa. thing? Yeah, like the vaudeville stage. I I asked for it to happen, but it didn't. Okay. Um. Well, I was in Nevada, so I'll have to find a vaudeville stage here and just get pulled off because I want to do that. How hard? I mean, now I'm just thinking about like this hook. What is this hook, and how big does it have to be to like reach from the side of the stage all the way over? And and how much would it weigh? And do you screw it together like one of those portable pool cues? Or like, what do we do with this? I don't know, I got all these questions. It just all right. So. 
it depends on how big the stage is, obviously, how long the hook has to be. Yeah. I'm a thick girl, so it probably can't be like just one for like an old man's little hand because I bet my waist is bigger than an old man's hand. <laughs> I would be okay with like those T-Rex old man grabber things. Okay. You could just grab my shirt and yank. Okay. But it better have some grip. Okay, so if you do the hook, does somebody have to have like a slide whistle so they're like... I would like that. You know, like when they pull you off the stage. I prefer the slide whistle. All right. I mean, yeah. Maybe the slide whistle could be the hook. I'm all right with that. Okay, so we're working on... We're getting something going here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We've actually covered well over an hour here, which which is funny because I, I took down some notes and... You know, you and I weren't sure how long this would go. You were just like, what do we talk about? I'm like, I don't know. Let's write down some stuff. And I wrote down five things, and uh, we talked about mm, like three or four of them, maybe. And so you're a very good guest. Um, We did talk about quite a few things that I did want to talk about, though. And some of the other things on here were just kind of ancillary things. Um, I do want to ask you like just a weird, weird one here. Like uh, we talked about a tiny bit before comedian or comedian. Is there, is is there any preference you have or is there anything? I mean, I get everyone has their own opinion on that kind of thing. Is it? I actually, like, I wouldn't let anybody call me a comedian or a comedian until I thought I had done like my, my first big successful show. Okay. Cause people were like, Oh yeah, she's a comedian. I was like, don't say that. Like, cause I'm not yet. All right. And, I don't know, like coming into it and not knowing those nuances, I didn't want to come on and be like, oh, I'm the next big, you know, I'm the big thing. I'm great. I'm hilarious. Because that's the surefire where you're not going to be funny. Yeah. Going and make people mad. So I was just kind of like, all right, I'm not a comedian. I haven't. They're comedians. They Mm -hmm. get paid to do comedy. That's what they are. You know, that's their title. They're hilarious. Yeah, I'm funny. I'm just somebody that sometimes gets a microphone in front of her and can tell stories, uh-huh. you know? So that was my difference. But once I had had that show, then I was like, I don't care if you call me a comedian or a comedian or, you know, like, you you can call me all sorts of things. It wouldn't bother me. I guess it makes sense because, like, uh, I mean, when we talked about this a little bit before, you're like, I'm not a professional. And it's like, well, I mean... Maybe not in the sense that most people would say professional, but like I'm not a professional musician and I have played music and been paid for it. So yeah. is that what a professional is or does it have to be somebody that does this for their only thing to make a living? I was listening to a podcast not too long ago and they were talking about uh, pro skateboarders Ooh. and like, yeah, you can be on the pro circuit. Yeah, you can do all this stuff, but like to them to be a considered a professional, you have to have like a sponsorship and have your name on a skateboard. Yeah. And it's like, that's a weird thing to be like, this is the bar you have to climb over. But at the same rate, I guess, within every industry, there's some of that somewhere. I guess so. But I also don't ever want something else to get to tell me if I was successful or not. Oh, yeah. So I look at it differently that I think it, I think it's everything. It's intent. Mm -hmm. Is your intent to be a professional comedian? Is your intent to go as far as you can go? Fine. Then you could have two other jobs. You're a professional comedian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's intent. You could get paid or not. I've gotten paid once. I was very excited. Yeah. Um, it was in an out-of-state show, so I got two bucket list items. Oh, out-of-state show and got paid. And I got to throw an axe. Throw a real axe. Uh, throw a real axe. Um, I went live on Facebook because it was hilarious, the guy trying to teach me. And then I actually, at the end of it, got him to tell me, like, Chubbs on uh, oh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. Because he was, you know, my coach. I was like, mm-hmm. do, do the in the hips thing. And he did it. It was hilarious. But... Yeah, like, <laughs> my intent right at this moment isn't, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be world famous comedian. I'm going to make everything. It's, mm-hmm. 
I'm still trying to learn the nuances mm-hmm. and I got time. Yeah. I got, I'm funny. I can tell stories. So I just kind of try and practice it on everybody. I mean, even if you just utilize it as a hobbyist type thing, I feel like there's definitely yeah. benefits to it though, too. Oh yeah. You know, like it could translate easily into how, you know, having a good sense of humor translates easily into life in general, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say I have no sense of humor, but I definitely, that's why I listen to so many pot, like comedy podcasts is like, this is how I laugh at things. Cause yeah. normally I'm, for some reason I'm just so freaking serious about everything because people are worried they're going to get judged. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Thanks. You are. Do- thanks you don't Dr. Wanna... Phil. Yeah, yeah. People are worried that they're going to get judged to see that. <laughs> But no, your, your name's not Judy, but you think you're going to get judged. <laughs> Some, I don't know. <laughs> think about it, though. Like, it's very I always true. tell people, no judgment. What do you got? You know, that's I've got good grammar because I think people are going to think I'm dumb if I don't have good grammar. <laughs> All right. Well, now we know what's wrong with you. But yeah, I'm not judging you for your good grammar. Oh, my gosh. Now I just I'm over pretend here, like, that I am. Now I'm over here neurotically tearing up paper <laughs> as we're talking because I'm just like, ah, I just let out something about myself. I probably shouldn't have. No, that's good. It's no. good that you did it. Be happy and proud. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy. I've let your freak flag I've got fly. nuances that are unbecoming. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm glad you came on the podcast. I'm glad we actually got a lot of stuff talked about here. Yay. And uh, I, th- I think this is actually a really good podcast. I laughed a lot more on this one than I do with music because it's, you know, obviously comedy is more conducive to laughing than talking about. Yeah. I yeah. mean, um, which is probably... You know, that's probably why I listen to so many comedy podcasts, and that's probably why everyone listens to so many po- comedy podcasts, because it's, it's funny, and it's tough to listen to musicians talk about gear and stuff like that if you're not into it, but everyone can relate to laughter. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know, sometimes when you're talking about gear, and I'm like, that guy's such a nerd, I turn it up, because I'm laughing. <laughs> like, I do. I was just, it's yeah. funny, because I'm a nerd now, but... Uh, it didn't just happen. Well, well, there you go. But, I mean, I guess there's probably some truth to that, though, too. We're like, all nerds. Everybody's yeah. got something wrong with them. Yeah. I'm sure everyone, like, you know, n- nerds out about something, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be. Yeah. I'm just trying to I think. I nerd out about weird new experiences that I want to have. Yeah. Let's let's end this with this. What's another bucket list thing you're just, like, ready to check off the list? This that is I'm the, ready to? Yeah. This is, I mean, something that you're just like, this, this is going to be one of the next things I check Ooh, off. Oh, I'm going to jump out of a cake. Out of a cake? I've always wanted to jump out of a cake and, like, surprise somebody. Bonus points if it's, like, a retirement for an old man and I, like, freak him out. Like, like, uh, surprise. I don't know why I want to do that. But doesn't that sound, like, fun? I've always been intrigued by the whole thing. Because, like, the cake, jumping out of a cake, it's like, is this going to be a cake that's edible? No, it's a box. It's, it's like, just, It's just yeah. a box that's dressed up like a cake. Yeah, literally. But, but do they put, like, cake on the box so it's, like... No, they do like plaster pretties like 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 you could put like something in there <laughs> i don't know how i describe it as terrible but you could i don't know make it pretty and paint it like it's a cake that's so, what they always do yeah but is that really jumping out of a cake then or is that jumping out of a box that looks like a cake why like like this is so much worse than grammar nazi this is like <laughs> here's your idea and let me just pop your bubble no no no, no. i'm not trying to do that i'm just ouch I've, I've always been perplexed by this because i've i don't know it's jumping out of a cake because it looks like a cake they're singing happy birthday or happy retirement and they're wheeling out this cake shaped item to you it's a cake okay now my next question is this like do you think anyone's ever made like a gigantic cake and then wheeled it out to somebody thinking that like somebody's gonna jump out of this and then nobody ever did oh my god that would be great if i had a big enough oven i'd do it 
Oh yeah, I guess I never thought about that. You'd have to have a really everybody big would get like a ridiculous sized cake. Oh my gosh! Like, and then everybody knows that I want to do it. Ah, yeah. So they're just like, "Oh, Mary Lee's gonna jump out of this cake here," and, it's and like, then I never will, and yeah. I'll come like behind him and be like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Can I have a piece?" <laughs> and I'll just, yeah, see. Stuff that makes you happy should be your bucket list, not stuff. Oh, before I die, forget when you die. You're alive now. Yeah, I'm gonna that's go. True. I'm gonna go ghost hunting. We could podcast from a haunted place. The comedian that I saw from Iowa that kind of got me started into like the local comedy scene is a ghost hunter as well. Shut up. Yes. We got to meet him now. Yeah. I want to go. All right. I well, think I'd be hilarious. Uh, yeah. I I should put you guys in contact with one another. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a fun guy. And uh, he like when he came up here, he's just like, is there anything that's haunted up here? And I was like, there's a handful of things. Like, go to my house. It's haunted. <laughs> it's 120 years old. Uh, that's probably about how old this house is. This house is awesome. It's uh. It's a house. I mean, it's, it's. I know. Yeah, you're you're not impressed by much. I, just grammar. Just tone it down here. I don't even need to think that I have all these mental issues. <laughs> Zero mental. I just hate everything. I don't ever laugh. You do too. You laugh. <laughs> no, I think I think that everybody should do bucket lists. You should do them too. I don't know. If, I think we already talked about this not on the podcast, but I don't think I have a bucket list. You don't at all. I don't think so. There's never been like too many things where it's like I got I got to try this. I don't know. Like, I don't, I guess I don't go, I got to try it. I just look at it. And if it's like, holy cow, that looks like so much fun. I'm going to grin from ear to ear for days after I do it. Then it goes on there and then I do it. I think like a lot of the things that I like want to do when I finally do them, I'm just like less impressed than I was with the desire to do them. If that makes any sense. You got to get like, got to get pumped to do it. If you're no, gonna do it, do it right. I mean, I've done stuff and I've done stuff right, but it's also like the anxiety of waiting for something is is worse than the actual pain of doing something that you don't want to do. And it's the same thing with like something I want to do, where I'm just like super excited to do something and I get done with it. I'm like, that's it. Like, yeah, I guess it, I get that. It's like, over already. Yeah. You know, or yeah, I do that with like, I don't know. My husband took me to the Grand Canyon. We've been there twice, and he's like. Like, I'll, the first time, he's like, da-da! Beautiful. Yeah. But what also, else? yeah, see, that would it's be another one. Ground. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Yeah, it's a giant chasm. It. But, I've, I've been there. I've seen it. Yeah. But, but I'm also just the same way. I'm just like, neat. Yeah. I saw it. I can be here for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, there and, are a few landmarks, though, that I could say that are more wowing to me. Well, yeah, I, li- I like nature. And yes. I like landmarks. And I like to, like, go see old, you know buildings obviously i live in one and stuff like that it's neat but i don't know why it doesn't speak to me it just does it cool it's a hole in the ground yeah so the grand canyon was one mm. that just didn't speak to you for some reason could yeah. it be because you lived sort of near it growing up and i don't think so because nevada is nothing like arizona in that area it's, yeah i mean it is but it isn't yeah they're almost kind of similar yeah sort of but not quite yeah I mean, yeah, take it or leave it. It's beautiful. Like, you can't deny it, but it's, I don't know. Like, I would rather, my favorite view is just sitting on my porch and I watch the main road and people just drive by because <laughs> I get to wave at them. It's fun. I'm like, yeah, I get to watch sunset. There was a storm this morning. I sat there and worked from home and had coffee and watched the storm roll in. I was like, oh, is that going to be a tornado? Well, I'm in the right spot. I'll know first, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll die because I refuse to go in my basement of my very old house because Pennywise lives in it. It's haunted. <laughs> uh, anybody that was a Snapchat 
friend or whatever they call it of mine Mm -hmm. back in the day. I quit using it for like two or three years, but like when I used to use it a lot, it was all sunset pictures. I was like, that's all I used it for. It was just like, this is today's sunset, you know? And it's like, people are just like, I'm tired of this stuff, you know, but. I would have done it ironically though. Like it would have been funny if you just kept it up for years and years and years. Um, so here's a dumb idea I had once. I wanted to do a, a YouTube channel that was nothing but like a time lapse of the sunset and just do that on repeat just forever. And it's like every sunset. That would be cool. Yeah. So you take this like hour long video, you smush it into a time lapse. that's like a minute or two. And it's just like sunset this date. And you just put like, you just keep doing it over and over. I mean, it almost sounds psychotic. But it does, but I would be like, oh, look at this. And I'd keep clicking on yeah. it and be like, oh, what, what did today's look like? Because then it would just be this weird thing that I had to know. Like, oh, on my birthday, yep. what did it look like? I would. Yeah. And I mean, there's like uh, a channel I found that's like in Cedar Rapids that has like a weather camera. Mm-hmm. And it's like one that somebody set up independently. It's not like with a big station or anything. Yeah. I don't know why. I just tune into it every now and then just for fun. I have friends that um, they work at Burning Man. No. They help put it on. Man. <laughs> and they have the Burning Man camera. And when they're there, like, I'm usually, I was in Fallon taking care of their stuff. And they're, like, an hour and a half away in Gerlach. And I'm sad going, can you just bring me some of the sand so I can walk on it? Because walking on, like, I, I always wanted to just go out there and walk around in the sand because it's so fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would get to, like, vacuum their toy hauler out for them and help and be like, well, this is probably the closest I'll get, ever get to it, you know? Yeah. but well, uh, Especially nowadays. Yeah. But they have those cameras up and you're it's cool that speaks to me the art the people walking around from everywhere in the world Mm -hmm. with probably like you don't walk up to someone and know you have something in common you don't know that you're going to be able to talk to each other and relate you have no clue so when you do it's kind of a magic that people have yeah like it's so cool to see people just embrace it that speaks to me like seeing that sort of thing Hmm. making me really get introspective i think it's time to end this because uh, <laughs> i'm thinking about like man i need to need to figure out what i've got going on in my life and change a few things but we're gonna end it here because this is a funny podcast merely jumping out of a cake near you sometime hopefully someday, someday. um I'll, I'll tell you what if you are gonna jump out of a cake and i have anything to say with it i'm gonna make it at least partially real all right. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna do this. So at least when the top pops off actual real cake. Fun, I don't care. I'll get in it. Bit. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm in. I'll right. throw cake at people. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It'll be just like, food fight. That would be fun too. Uh, I'm in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be in the cake, but you'll be in the cake. Oh, but I don't think we both fit in the cake. It would have to be a big cake for both of us to fit it in. It would have to be a big ass cake because I'm a little bit claustrophobic. And I was like, all right, how are you going to... like? I got to talk myself into things sometimes. Okay. And I thought, oh, Marilee, like you got to put your arms up before you even go so that you can like pop it out and then it can stand up. Okay. Because so it's, it's not that wide. Yeah. And I'm looking at it going, oh, what if I get stuck? Kind of got like a big chest or something like that. And this could be really awful and scary. Yeah. But how would you get into it though then? If you wouldn't be able to get stuck coming out of it, if you would be able to get into it in the first place. I thought about it and I'm going to get a pool slide. And I'm going to tilt it into the entrance and I'm going to just slide into it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I dig it. You've got a good sense of humor. I think it's one of my favorite things about you. Uh, it's obvious why you are, you know, getting into stand-up comedy, um, whether it be as a hobbyist or somewhat professionally. Um, but, yeah. Mary Lee, thank you very much for sitting down talking with me. I Anytime. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 
man, I love funny people. I'm sure everyone loves funny people, but it's just fun to sit down and talk to people that make you laugh. And Marilee's definitely got that in stride. So I would, I would have to say for sure, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes I've done in a while. Nothing against any of my recent guests. I just laughed a lot on this one. She's, she knows how to crack me up. She knows how to push my buttons. She's a funny person. And I think that's important to be a comedian. Once again, I don't know because I'm not a comedian. I mean, I do laugh and I do like to make people laugh. But it's not something I've ever tried. And maybe I will try it someday. But for now, I'm going to leave it up to the people who are doing doing it and doing it well. And uh, I think she's well on her way to becoming a very good comedian. Even though she's only done it for six months or so, she hasn't been doing it very long. But she's got some good people in her corner. They're helping her out. And I think that's another thing that, uh, whether it's music or comedy or art or anything like that, it really helps to have some good people in your corner. I did see something online recently that said, uh, what was it? It was pretty much like if the only thing that ruins hobbies are the people who currently have those hobbies. So like some of those people might end up not being very supportive about new people trying to get into the hobby. And then those people who are the seniors in that hobby complain about how nobody wants to get into that new hobby, but that's because they're not nice. And I think it's really nice to know that even in comedy, that people are going to be supportive I do listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, and they don't always talk about how nice it is, but at the same time, I don't think there's any specific people in comedy that are like playing gatekeeper and trying to keep people out. I think everyone in comedy, for the most part, is pretty nice. Or maybe Marilee just found some really nice people. Uh, I do know she's she's talked about the, the wolf dog comedy guys a lot to me, and I, I definitely should go, at least, if nothing else, I gotta go see her and them sometime just so I have a better frame of reference. Or maybe just bring them on the podcast. I should go see them live once just before I bring them on, though. I, I just really enjoy comedy. I figure it's not too much different than going to see local music. Local comedy could also, you know, kind of lend itself to that. I feel there's a stigma to an extent where people are like, well, local music, these people aren't famous, they're not going to be good or whatever, and that's not the case. I think some of the funniest stuff I've seen was from local people, and they're... They just seem like regular people, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so extra funny is because it's, it's more tangible. They're, they're real. It's right there, and I definitely enjoy going to comedy shows. I've seen a lot of comedy shows with people who I didn't know who the comedians were at all, and even that's really funny. I mean, I've gone to see bigger name comedians as well, and yes, that's funny as well, but I do think there is something to the going to see local comedians or or go seeing people that are, are from not too far outside your area or people that aren't, and I'm using air quotes here, quote unquote, professionals um, going out and doing their thing because I feel like it's just more tangible. It's just more real. It's, it just has a little more heart and soul to it. I can't quite put my finger on what exactly it is, but uh, comedy, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't really like comedy though, honestly. Who doesn't like to laugh? I mean... I might seem like a serious person sometimes, but I do like to laugh, and I'm sure everyone else does too. So if you guys are looking to do something, uh, hit up one of those open mic nights that we were talking about on the episode. Uh, I think they were every other Tuesday in Brit, and then every third Thursday in Mason City. We talked about it in the episode here. If if I remember, I'll look them up and, and dump them in the description section, but... I don't, I don't think there's going to be too much in the description section here. I don't think Mary Lee has uh, like a face, dedicated Facebook page. I know she said she had a YouTube channel. I'll see if I can coax her YouTube channel 
uh, out of her and maybe I'll post that in the description section and you guys can listen to that and, and laugh along with some of her jokes uh, you know and that's another thing speaking of her jokes her, her, her humor and her comedy style it just maybe it just fits me but uh, she's kind of feels like one of those no holds bars like like you heard in this episode we talked we made wiener jokes and the whole nine yards I think it's funny maybe it's sophomoric to some people who are listening to this and I apologize if anybody's offended but at the same time if it's funny it's funny and I find that stuff funny so don't tell me what I think is funny isn't funny because if you don't think it is um, just because I think it's funny you know it's it's funny to me so it's funny to me and you can't just be like well I don't think it's funny therefore it's not funny because guess what it's funny uh you know it's it's subjective just like music and uh just like anything in the arts so i i do have to say anybody out there doing comedy especially on a local circuit my hat's off to you it's something that i've always kind of wanted to try i just never had the guts to go do it and if you're out there doing it uh like i said my hat's off to you you're out there doing the real work making people laugh uh laughter heals a lot of things and and that's for real that's for real so if you guys are looking for comedy, hit up one of those open mic night shows or, or find one in your local area or go to go see a local comedian. They're starting to butt up around the area. There, there's a lot of shows that are coming up for local comedians and people of that ilk. So go check it out, whether it be an open mic night or a dedicated show that's that's set up for just for a certain handful of comedians. I know I'm going to be trying to hit up a few more of those. Like I said in the episode, I'm following a few groups from around the state and beyond the state here, trying to find more local comedians to go see and... I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to some comedy shows, whether or not it's uh, bigger shows or smaller shows or whoever it is. I'm going to go to some shows. So maybe you'll see me at a comedy show sometime. <laughs> maybe not on stage, but but I'll be there. I'll be there laughing. I love comedy. So uh, hats off to Mary Lee for sitting down talking with me. I really appreciate that. And I also appreciate all you guys listening each and every week. So thank you guys for listening. If you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to the YouTube channel or to like the pages or follow the pages. There's a handful of pages out there. You can like, subscribe, share, whatever you feel like you should or should not do. Uh, I appreciate all the support you guys have given me. Otherwise, uh, you guys can go to the Audible Farm shop. There's new stuff coming in the shop uh, constantly. Uh, this last week we added keychains. Uh, I do have a new shirt design coming in. There's also some of the original shirt designs that are going to be coming back to the shop because we sold out of a lot of those sizes. So if you're looking for shirts, more shirts are coming. Check out the Audible Farm shop. The link is down below. And one, uh, it, There's also a Patreon page. The Patreon page is a dollar a month. Check it out. You can watch video versions of the Audible Farm podcast there. It's $1 a month. That's $12 a year is all it costs to watch all the video versions of all the podcasts. And uh, I said it on previous episodes, if you guys end up helping me push the YouTube channel past 300 subscribers, I'll release the first 20 episodes that are on Patreon for free for everybody. Uh, the, the subscribes on the YouTube help out. Every couple of weeks I get a couple new ones, so I really do appreciate everybody that's subscribed to the channel. If you're not subscribed to the channel, I would suggest subscribing to it. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. Uh, I'm alright with it. So uh, I, I got to say thanks once again for Mary Lee sitting down talking with me. We kind of scheduled this podcast out last second. So uh, thank you to her for taking time out of her day to uh, come sit and talk with me. And thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week with another episode. So check that out. All right. I'm out of here. Peace.